0: motherhood and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to be here with our guest today, Sabrina Greer. Sabrina is the founder of YGT Mama Inc., and she helps moms birth their brain babies. Her mission is to help moms that have been stuck by the limiting belief that life ends with motherhood discover or rediscover their soul's purpose, passion, and deepest creative desires. It is great to have you here, Sabrina. Ah, thank you for having <laughs> me. I'm so excited to be here. It's so awesome. Yay. And I'm just going to share a little bit more about you. Um, So Sabrina is the OG boss mama with two booming businesses, Clarity Coaching, and a media publishing company. She has four best-selling books, a five-star rated podcast, and a partridge in a pear tree. No, really though, she does it all with three young boys, an eight-month-old puppy, and 12 egg-laying hens in tow. (laughs) How? Well, because she has learned to curate the chaos and now teaches others how to do the same. Her entrepreneurial journey began when she took maternity leave from her 10-year corporate career and built a six-figure sales team for an MLM company in less than one year, With a taste of what being the architect of your own life looked like, she never looked back to corporate and never will. Sabrina wears her many hats with pure joy from her 70-acre rural farmstead in the woods. Sabrina is passionate about helping other moms with a fire in their belly not only find clarity but also pure joy on this wild journey that is life. That is amazing.
1: (laughs) I guess that's me. (laughs) Not in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, and I would just like to say that Sabrina is an all-round beautiful soul and an amazing mentor and role model to many moms, and I'm so excited to have her share with us today more about her story, as well as some tangible and impactful strategies that have helped her find that clarity in the wonderful chaos and adventure of motherhood and work. So where I wanted to start, Sabrina, is sometimes we hear about people feeling stuck in their job or just where they're at. They're not feeling happy. They're not feeling good with where they are. And even though they're unhappy, change can be so tough. And when we are faced with big life changes, like becoming a mom, it can put a whole new spin and lens on everything. And I know that you've tried a number of different jobs and careers before getting to where you are today. But what has that journey been like for you? And how did you land on being an entrepreneur? Ooh, good question. Well, it's
1: interesting. I've been having this conversation a lot with a lot of different people. And I think it really boils down to, to two things. And it's courage and confidence. So you need to have courage to make that change, right? Because it is often easier to stay stuck. Even though we hate the word stuck and we hate the feeling of stuck, it's easier to stay there because it takes courage to get yourself out of that quicksand, right? It takes like, even if it's 10 seconds of courage, it's still harder (laughs) than just being like, "Eh, you know what, I'm going to roll with this and just stay here (laughs) because that's, you know, even though it's uncomfortable, it's more comfortable than the, the fears around change. And then the confidence is something that you know. It's you have to develop it. You need to find skills. You need to find resources. You need help to develop that confidence, which keeps you propelling forward. Because what happens is, even when you find that courage, oh, here it is. I'm feeling really strong, really brave, really powerful. Okay, I'm going to do it. And then it's like, oh, nope, <laughs> going back that way, and you, you basically restick yourself <laughs> because you don't have the confidence. To keep propelling forward, so that's actually what I do is I help moms sort of get through those two things and you know propel themselves forward. So for me, there you know corporate had no no place for me anymore when I had children, and I'll I'll talk about that a little bit later about how you know children crack you open and they're your greatest teachers and you know the reflections that we need to see who we really are and what we really want, but for me, I knew I didn't want to spend my life, you know, building somebody else's dream. And I knew I also had the courage and the confidence to help others see that in themselves. So I feel like had I not created my businesses and, you know, continued to move forward with them, I'd be doing the world of moms a disservice by just sitting on my butt, not doing it. Now, my calling is not going to be the calling for everyone. And I totally understand that because I do work with multifaceted women every day. But for me, that was the only option. So I hope that answers your
0: question. No, I love that. (laughs) The long answer. (laughs) Yeah, And it's so true. I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm reflecting on myself and I'm thinking all of those things. But you're you're right. I remember even as a teacher um, and I... I left teaching, but I love teaching. But one of the things I noticed as a, as a young teacher when it was working for me and my family was there were people in that career who weren't happy being there and who would say that out loud. And you could see that in the way that they were you know, going through their day to day. And it's not that they were doing a poor job, but it just seemed like they were stuck and there was no other option for them. And I never wanted to feel that way, but it still made it, even when I realized that it wasn't going to be a fit, it was so hard to make a change. And uh, yeah, it, it does take so much courage to kind of even just keep going for sure.
1: Well, and one thing we have to recognize is that the only thing in life that is constant is change. Literally, the only thing (laughs) that is constant, like the weather's not constant the seasons aren't constant, and that includes like seasons of motherhood, seasons of life, not just like literal seasons of weather, you know, everything changes constantly. So if we're afraid of change and we're not willing to lean into what change really is and have that courage to allow it to happen, then of course we're going to feel stuck right? We're always going to feel stuck in every facet of life because we're terrified of the only thing that's constant, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. So it, It's obviously easier said than done. And this is coming from somebody who, you know, I've studied psychology for many years. I don't, I'm not a business coach. I'm not a career coach. I'm a clarity coach. So my work with moms specifically is to help them find clarity. So the reason I don't, call myself a business coach even though a lot of the coaching I do is business specific is because not everyone is drawn to this world of being an entrepreneur sometimes they're just like I don't want to work I want to be home with my babies and I want to find a way to monetize my ideas I want to write a book I want to start a blog or a podcast or whatever it is right and there are ways to monetize ideas that don't necessarily mean starting like incorporating a business and having employees and, you know, the world of being an entrepreneur can be freaking terrifying, right? (laughs) But, you know, there, there are ways to, to live a fulfilled life with what your true passions are without, you know, starting a business specifically. So I, I love that I get to do this work with moms because I feel like, and you know, if, if you're okay with it, I'll step into what I was talking about before and that's when we have children inevitably it's the biggest change of our lives whether you want it to be or not and i've been having these conversations a lot lately too you know some women want to continue to work after children because it gives them purpose it feels like you know the mundane that is motherhood like you know it's very repetitive cuz kids need structure we know that it's like, okay, get up, feed, snacks, nap, right? It can be very repetitive, very mundane, very boring. So we still feel like we need that purpose outside of our children, something to give us, you know, independence to make us feel like we're contributing to society, the household, the family income, whatever it is, right? So we want to do something outside of just, just being a mom, so I think you know, there's lots of ways to do that that don't involve you know, the career that you had before becoming a mom. And that's the real piece that I think so many of us get stuck on. It's like, well, that's who I am. And no, honey, that's who you were. It's okay for your priorities to change because they inevitably do when you become a mom. You now have another human being to care for, so it's okay to shift your priorities. It's okay to want to do work that fulfills your soul, even if it's not the work that you once did, because you've changed. Your body's changed, your priorities changed, your mind has changed. Like it is the biggest change, and this word's coming up a lot in this this conversation. It's the biggest change of your life.
0: Yeah. No. It is such a it is such a huge change. I can still picture the day and I wasn't feeling panicked or anything but I think the moment it really hit me that life was going to be so different was the day I was standing and saying goodbye to my husband as he went back to work after his days off after having our first baby and I thought huh <laughs> mm-hmm. this is going to be a whole new reality and then all those thoughts start creeping in right like even things like how am I going to go grocery shopping by myself? And all all the the little things and then the big things too. So it's absolutely such a giant life change. And I would say that, I mean, you do so many things. And with all that you're doing in work and motherhood, I know sometimes from the outside looking in, it just looks like everybody just has it so easy and they're just doing all the things. Um, But I know that you've found some really fantastic strategies that have helped you to manage your busy life and, um, and full life that you have. So what are some of your secrets that have helped you to juggle it all and manage that big life change and still be really fulfilled in your life as a mom and then as an entrepreneur as well?
1: Absolutely. I love that question. Well, I think, first of all, to preface this, you know, what you see on Instagram and Pinterest is fake. (laughs) Okay. Now I try really hard with my feed and my social media to be really real. It's like, you know, yeah, this is me. I'm wearing a scrunchie right now. I know you guys can't see me because you're listening in, but I'm wearing a scrunchie. You know, my hair is a mess. I have not showered today. I'm in ripped yoga pants. Like that's real life and that's okay. Like it's It's okay to be a hot mess and still look like you have your stuff together from the outside, right? Because yes, I am running two businesses. I I do have three sons. You know, I do have, as you said in my bio, like 12 egg laying hens, which essentially means, yes, I'm also running a farm. You know, there's a lot going on. It's a lot to take on. So the common things I hear in, in my practice when I'm working with moms is like overwhelm, right? Isolation is a huge one, both as an entrepreneur and as a mom. So when you're doing both, you're in like high isolation mode, (laughs) right? (laughs) And I often compare entrepreneurialism to motherhood because, you know, there's a lot of equal comparisons when it comes to like the unknowns, the lack of support, the lack of guidance, the lack of like having an instruction manual on how to do it, right? There's a lot of like figuring it out as you go. Um, but yeah, so these are the common things. So isolation, overwhelm, mom guilt, that's a big thing that you have to manage. You know, so all of these things, you know, I had to learn strategies and tools on how to manage those things. So I think it's important to identify what the pain points are before you know, really implementing strategies because what my pain points are are going to be different from yours. But these were the common ones, the overwhelm, the isolation, the mom guilt. So when it comes to overwhelm, what I've seen and you know I'm hey guilty over here of being there, it's multitasking. Multitasking always, I'm not even going to give a percentage, I'm going to say 100% <laughs> of the time leads to overwhelm. And it's because if you think of yourself as, you know, a car And I don't know a lot about cars, but I know enough to know that, you know, you've got to be firing on all cylinders for that to be working. So if you're just putting, you know, a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, you're spreading yourself too thin. It's not going to fire. It's not going to start. It's not going to go. So you need to be, you know, focused on one thing at a time. And of course, as moms, you know, oh, I'm running around. I've got to get lunch ready. I've got to do this. uh, That's not what I'm referring to when I talk about overwhelm and multitasking. It's really when you're doing a task, break it down. So I know you're familiar with a couple of my strategies on time management. It's like break it down into segments. Chunk out your time. Time block is what it's technically called. There's apps for it on your phone. You know, you can write it down in a notebook. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to, you don't have to, if you're not a tech person, don't freak out. (laughs) Like You can literally (laughs) write it down a notebook, but chunk it out. So my whole thing is like, I do the 10, 20, 60 rules. So 10 minutes is of like, you know, the things that could potentially be time sucks or time leaks. So social media being a big one. So as a, you know, online business owner, social media is imperative to the growth of my business. I have to stay engaged. I have to stay present. I have to know what's going on. So I just take 10 minutes to do that. And I go in with an intention. So what is that intention? Is it to post? Is it to engage? Is it to, you know, source a new client? Is it to find out information? What is my intention for that 10-minute time block? And then I do it. And I set an alarm. So there's no excuse. That alarm goes off, I'm done. There goes that task. If I don't complete the task that I set out to do, I'll finish it later. Cuz that nobody's going to die if I don't engage with them on social media, right? No. That's the other thing about prioritizing too. It's like You know, you kind of have to triage your your situation. It's like, what is emergency? Like, has to, has to, has to get done. What's like, okay, you know, you can wait for a little bit. And what's like, oh, you know, not really that important. Maybe I can even drop this task because it's like super unimportant. And we often try to take the unimportant ones and put them first because they're easier, (laughs) (laughs) right? So, like, you got to treat, you got to triage your your life every once in a while, every day, even like triage it, and then time block it. So then the 20, the next block of time is 20 minutes. And that's when I usually do something that's not work related. So if my kids are home, I still have a three-year-old, you know, he's not school age yet. So he's home with me. You know, it'll be like getting him started on an activity. Okay. Now we're going to, you know, set you up with play doh or block castles or whatever it is. I'm going to play with you for 20 minutes and then mommy's going to go back to work and you're going to continue to play with this, you know, while I go do what I have to do. Um, or laundry. So if the kids aren't home, it's like, I'm going to go fold laundry because we all know, you know, it takes 10 minutes to wash 10 minutes to dry and like seven days to fold. <laughs> right. If you're anything yes. like me, it takes forever. So go fold laundry, put your phone in the other room. Don't be like, Oh, I'm distracted. I'm distracted. Just fold that laundry. You know, you can listen to a podcast and put your phone on airplane mode. If that's something like, cause that's not really multitasking. That's just listening to something while you're doing something. Um, and then the 60 minutes, you know, in my business specifically, it's like, I write a blog post or I create content or I have, you know, a client call or whatever it is. But then that 60 minutes is like very focused on one task. So I'm not checking my emails. I don't have 20 tabs open on my computer. I'm not taking phone calls while I'm doing this and doing that. And then, Oh shoot. Got to make this snack. Got to do that. Right. Because then, Oh, an hour just went by and I've done actually nothing.
0: Right. Because,
1: and that's what causes overwhelm. It's the doing a million things and actually doing nothing.
0: <laughs> yes, Right. Yes.
1: And we all do it. It's like, like, there's no shame in it. It's not a, a guilt trip. It's just, that's what causes overwhelm is multitasking. So that's another very long winded <laughs> way around, but that's my best strategy for you. And you have to find something that works for you. My strategy might not work for your, what your business is or what your, you know day looks like but find a way to block time even if it's 10 minutes 10 minutes 10 minutes 10 minutes set alarms so that you're not breaking your time constraints and make sure that you're just focusing on one task
0: during that time yeah no i do i find that so helpful and if you looked at my wall by me here i i write things on sticky notes mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then that way if i'm I find it helpful if I am working on a task, as you said, because I've been trying very hard to implement this strategy of yours, um, and something else pops in my head, I just write it down just to get it out of my head. And then I set it aside so that I can look at it later. So I find that helpful for me. So it's out there. I've noted it, but I don't need to worry about it in the moment. So yes, Mm. but having those set periods of time, um, is a very, very helpful strategy. I love that. Well, I love that
1: you said that because that's actually another one of my strategies is the brain dump, you know, and I love that idea of like, as it comes to you, just write it down. You know, I always have like a dozen notebooks around me at all times. It's kind of maybe counterproductive because it's a bit (laughs) overwhelming. There's like paper everywhere, but it's so good to have. And, um, my phone. So the main screen, I don't get notifications from social media. So it's not like little red dots everywhere. Like, ah, you have 9,000 Instagram messages. It's, you know, my calendar, my camera, because you know, Hello, we're moms. We need to have our camera. Uh, And then it's my voice notes and my notes notes, (laughs) like my, you know, typing notes. And the reason I do that is because I have no distractions. I use the voice notes when I'm in a place where I cannot write. So if I'm driving or, you know, if I'm walking and I have gloves on or the kids or whatever it is, I just do a voice note if something comes to me. Because what happens when, and, and this is actual psychology, like there's science around this. What happens when you have a million things in your head is your brain is multitasking. So it doesn't matter if you're chunking time and you're doing all this stuff because like you still have a million thoughts in your head, which is equally as unproductive as doing a million things at the same time. Thinking a million things at the same time is not productive. So get it out of your head because it creates more space in there to take on more information to allow yourself, like you said, it just allows you to know that that's safe over there. You're not going to forget it. You're not going to, you know, it's not going to get lost. It's just there for later. So it's not something that you have to focus on right now. So brain dump. I usually do it first thing in the morning. I wake up and I dump everything onto a notebook or into my phone or wherever it is and just get it out of your head. And it's not always going to make sense. Sometimes I read my gibberish later and I'm like, uh, <laughs> okay, that makes no sense. Then you just dispose of it or you just yeah. leave it and you know it's fine. But the stuff that's in there that does make sense, it's often gold nuggets that I need in my life, right? So it's just get it out of your head so you don't forget.
0: Yeah, no, that's so good. And voice memos is only something I've just started to use, but Um, I'm going to be spending a lot of time in my vehicle coming up here shortly. So I think I'll definitely, uh, be taking advantage of that. I'll be doing a lot of talking to myself (laughs) and recording my great ideas in the vehicle. I, I think that will be definitely useful for me. Um, I wanted to ask you another question, just more related to motherhood in general. So, um, motherhood in itself so even with juggling work and motherhood and and uh, chunking our time um, it can be just overwhelming being a mom and doing all of those things and sometimes we can feel just stuck in that and it's hard to see past that and I was just wondering what are some tips or ideas you would suggest to help moms who are feeling that that stuck feeling in motherhood
1: Absolutely. That's a great question too, because you know we all feel it. And I think that's a really important way to start. You're not alone in your experiences. Even the like people that are all over Instagram looking like they've got their stuff together, they don't, right? They all experience moments. You're seeing the highlight reel of somebody's life, right? So we often get stuck in like, oh, why can't I be like that? I'm a terrible mother because I do this and that person doesn't whatever it is. Right. So just know that you're not alone in your experiences and anything you're feeling. If you're feeling rage, if you're mad at your child, if you want to yell at them, if you're like, why am I picturing throwing my kid through the window right now? Ugh. Right. Like whatever you're feeling, it's not independent. It's not an independent feeling. Everyone has felt it. What you know, brings us to the climax of everything is how you deal with it. Because everything is a choice how we react is a choice, how we choose to think is a choice. And I I see so often in my world, you know, these kids, it's like they're not they're not trying to upset us, they're not trying to make us angry. And you know, you and I were talking about this before, like they're they're looking for love, they're looking to be heard and seen the same way we do. And what often happens is we live in this world of, you know, technology and the busy thoughts, the full mind, all of that happening where we don't even sometimes recognize that we're doing it, right? We're like, oh, sh- okay, we've got hockey practice in 20 minutes and we got to, I got to bring snacks. Oh my gosh, what snacks do we have? I had to go to the grocery store. I forgot to go to the grocery store. I forgot to get milk and blah, 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 blah. Those thoughts affect our reactions in turn, affecting our response time to our children, So it's really like all these strategies that we're talking in relation to business, they help in relation to home life too. So brain dumping, like write down what's in your head so you don't forget to get milk. So you don't forget that it's hockey practice in 20 minutes, whatever it is, get that stuff out of there too so that you have the space to be present with your little person, right? Because all they want is to be seen and heard. They don't want to see mommy staring at a phone even though they don't understand that you're doing something for them, right? Oh, well, I'm, I'm booking hockey practice for you or I'm booking this. Like I'm buying you something right now. I'm doing something for you. They don't know. They don't get that. So it's like doing those things when they're not around and when they are around being as present as you possibly can, right? It's just giving, giving them their voice, giving them the energy that they deserve because that is what I find creates the overwhelm is their response to our response. And it becomes this like back and forth, like tennis game of response time. And that's all it is, right? So if if you break down, like if you take down that net, right? Then you're not like bouncing things all over the place. So just like trying to be as present as possible. It's not always easy and you're going to mess up and that's okay. It's okay. And that's the other thing. Yeah. Give yourself permission to accept your faults because nobody's perfect you're doing the best
0: you can yes and that's enough and it is and some days are better than others and some moments are better than others yeah we're all just doing our best absolutely yeah Yeah. and I always say so my
1: grandfather is well yeah he's my grandfather so my kid's great-grandfather and he's 93 years old and they the kids love spending time with him guess why He's not distracted by anything when he's playing with them. He is entirely present. He's not thinking like, "Oh, I forgot to take the trash out," and "Oh, I blah, 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 my business this," and "I forgot to respond to that email." And he's like playing with animals, and like they're in the zoo and they're in the jungle, and they're like full. He's fully present in what he's doing, even if that's for five minutes. That is way more productive than a whole day of distracted parent mode.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And actually my, I I wouldn't really call it like a New Year's resolution, but I kind of picked a word for myself and that's just being intentional. And one of that is around time and time with our kids and being a little forgiving with myself around that in that it doesn't have to be like this big, long amount of time, as you said, but just those small moments like playing a quick game of cards or looking at a book together or um, our youngest and I are reading a chapter book together at bedtime. So just sometimes it's those small little intentional moments of time. And I, I find that that's been really helpful for me anyways. But it's like you said, I see my dad playing with our kids and he's just like all in. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. those are the moments they're going to remember. They're not yeah. going to
1: remember, oh, Mommy was always busy, blah, blah, blah. They're going to remember the five minutes you took to spend that really intentional time with them. I love the word intentional, too, by the way. So I think that's a, a great way to explain this entire emotion that we're talking about. It's like smaller increments of very intentional time where you leave your phone away. So they're, they don't have an imprint of mommy staring at a phone the, her whole life you leave the computer, the emails, the stuff, the things, even if it is entirely for them, what you're doing, because they don't know, they only know what they see. Yeah. And what they see is, is you doing whatever it is that you're doing. So yeah, I think that's a really great comment to just be more intentional with our time together
0: it's a work in progress, but yes, I like it. (laughs) Um, And I wanted to ask you too, and this idea has come up in our conversation, but just, you know, oftentimes in social media and that we see the highlight reel, as you say, of motherhood and not those kind of difficult times and moments. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to share with us maybe a mommy mess up that you've had. So um, maybe a mistake you've made or something you wish you had done differently or a learning opportunity that you've had as a mom.
1: Oh gosh, there's like pages and <laughs> like miles long because it, it never ends, right? Yeah. I feel like every single day I'm learning and growing and evolving and changing my strategies and, you know, it's, I feel like I've been told by peers and friends and people who come to our house, they're like, you're so chill with your kids. You're so chill. And I'm kind of like, well, what does that mean? And just this following or this past weekend, I hosted an event for 80 women (laughs) and at cleanup time, um, my husband brought the kids and, you know, they helped to clean up. And um, there's a few of my helpers still there. And they were like, Whoa, you know, you just let your kids do whatever they want. And I, and, you know, I think for me, that's been a big thing. Cause I see, I remember being a kid and it's like, okay, come home at dinner. We'll see you later. We don't live in that sort of society anymore. And I get that it's not safe. There's a lot of different, you know, environmental things going on and you know, it's, it's not what it was, we have to evolve with the times and be safe and intentional with that. But I think allowing our kids to discover, even if it's not easy, right, because they come home bruised and scraped and dirty, and like, God knows what's on their hands. And, you know, but I don't want my kids to live in a fear state, I don't want them to, you know, watch the news and see all these things that are going on with epidemics and things around the world and feel like they, you know, have to wash their hands every three seconds and they can't like be around other people and they have to live in a bubble. So I think, you know, that might not be a specific mummy mess up, but I feel like because I free range my kids, you know, there's constant mess ups in the eyes of other people. Because it's like, whoa, you just let them do whatever they want to do. And that's not the case. I am very intentional about my parenting and it's allowing them to discover and be curious and find their own way and be independent and have autonomy. I think all of those things are very important. So for me, you know, I have mommy mess ups every day because, you know, my kids will come home with like a black eye or a scrape in the middle of their forehead or you know, mud all over themselves, or like a chunk of hair missing, or, you know, like <laughs> something all the time, something. And I, I just feel like that's part of childhood. So it's not a mess up specifically, but it's like a lesson that I think is really important. You, you know, we can helicopter parent, we can snowplow parent. What? Like, there's all these terms for parenting now that never existed. I just want to let my kids be kids and let them sort of discover their
0: own way in the safest, most intentional way possible. But I think it's also so empowering for them. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes I feel, well, especially with our oldest, but I think I'm getting better. I don't maybe give them enough credit for what they're capable of maybe. And I remember just going um well with my current role um teaching there's been some days where I've had to leave quite early and they've had to get themselves to school in the morning and I think oh my gosh like (laughs) are they going to make it there on time and it's been chilly some days and all those things and I get home and I'm like so how did it go I know I didn't get a phone call from the school so I know that they made it and they just say we're fine like it's not a big deal You know, so I think they sort of embrace that opportunity to be independent and go out on their own and, you know, to walk down to 7-Eleven and get a Slurpee or hang out at the park with their friends. And and I think it's a good thing. I've even, for the most part... Um, stopped picking up our younger two kids from school because I found I just ended up being the person that was carrying their backpacks home for them. (laughs) They were just off running ahead, having a great time. So I think it's such a good thing, right, to get out there and explore. And they know, you know, the things to be careful for and to watch for and, and all those kinds of things. But I think it's well, a good and exactly. And that's our job as parents is yeah. to give them information. Totally. We talk
1: to our kids. I mean the 3-year-old is obviously in a different different way. <laughs> but the even the 5-year-old, yes. you know, we talk to them like like people. They're yes. humans. They're people. Yeah. They understand complex things. They understand okay, this is dangerous. Don't do that because you will get hurt or you will, you know, put your life in danger or whatever it is. So I think just constantly giving them enough information so that they can sort of develop their own toolbox, their own toolkit on how to manage life because otherwise we're not setting them up for success, right? No. Like we're bubble, 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 protection, protection, protection. And then we're like unleashing them into this crazy world. And they're like, well, I don't know how to manage myself. (laughs) And then you end up with like a 35 year old, Living on your couch, right? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Which is, you know, to each their own, but that's right. I, I that's right.
0: <laughs> no, you want them to feel empowered and yeah. to develop that sense of independence and confidence in themselves exactly. for sure. Exactly. Um, and before we wrap things up, do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are listening who are looking for some inspiration or support with their own mom work juggles?
1: I think just know that you're worthy and I know that may sound cliche or cheesy, but like you're worthy of whatever it is that you want and, and it's possible, right? You're worthy and it's possible. You deserve to have whatever you desire and you can in turn create that for yourself. Motherhood is not the end of life. It's actually a, a rebirth. It's an awakening. And I think when you see it as that, and when you lean into that, it will help you create the new life, shed the old skin, right? Like a snake, shed it, let it go. And then like allow yourself to be born into this new life and really lean into it and
0: enjoy it. That's such a nice way to end. Thank you so much. And Sabrina, just thank you so much for sharing your time and your incredible words of wisdom with us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and the amazing work that you do, where are the best places to find you? Yeah, I'm YGT Mama
1: across the board. So that's my website, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. I don't I don't tweet or hang out there, but I'm mostly on Instagram. So come come hang out with
0: me over there. That sounds great. I will share all your contact information with our listeners. And thank you so much for joining us, Sabrina. This was so appreciated. Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time, where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.